WPTF Radio, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm Reese Edwards. Hello, everybody. Atlantic Coast Conference Tournament Basketball is on the air. This is Wally Osley. This is Bill Jackson speaking. Hello, everybody. Welcome now to Sportsline. Gary Dornberg with you. I'm Tony Rixby, WPTF News. Hello, this is Charles Carroll, CBS News, on WPTF in Raleigh. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. I'm Don Curtis. Hello, friends. This is Bill Friday. WPTF in Raleigh. I'm Rufus Adbiston on the Weekend Gardener. Now, here is your moderator, Tom Campbell. Thanks for watching this week's NC Spin. Now, here is Hank Kaiser. How are y'all? Well, that's good. This is Art Devine. This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York. The Monitor Edition of News of the World. Debnam views the news. And now, here is Mr. Debnam. Good afternoon, everyone. Yours truly, Sam Beard, and Jim Reed, and Carl Gert. Thank you, Sam, and greetings to all of our listeners. This is Harry Presley, WPTF in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wayne Ed is standing by now with a check of the latest news. WPTF News presents Regional Report, a digest of late happenings throughout the area. This is Bill Ellis. This is Jimmy Capps. With a nocturne, we send as our best. This is Bill Hope. This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott at the organ and a program of familiar carols. Good morning, this is Phil Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF. I'm Mike Blackman, WPTF News. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington. Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Dale here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Hey, everyone, great to have you with us. This is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. And this is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venters. WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors what it's like to be living the life of Raw. This is Charles Osgood wishing Mike Rayleigh and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Gardener Program. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF Record Vault. Good morning to you. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hap Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar Heel Gardener saying, keep them growing. Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're all back for hour number three of the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here, along with uh, Ann Clapp and the former Secretary of State and Attorney General. And uh, the uh, you were the Deputy Chief Counsel of the Senate Watergate Committee, I believe, Mr. Edmonston. That was correct. It would be uh, in 20, uh, 2022 will be 50 years since the break-in of Watergate occurred. 50 years, yeah. So uh, Rufus is with us, and he's also the Secretary General of Gardening in North Carolina. He's a good one, too. Absolutely. <laughs> nobody better. That's in perpetuity. There will never be another. He keeps running on a post. That's right. He yeah. certainly does. And that voice is our, our good buddy, Gerald Adams, who has um, 
who we met at the governor's mansion when he uh, ran the, the garden operation there. He was the curator of grounds for the governor uh, many years at the executive mansion and, and now does a, a much of the same thing, but... <laughs> How many uh, hundred acres? I went from five acres to 800 acres. (laughs) Plus the chancellor's residence, but not the golf course. Not the golf course. We got to work on that. Yeah, Centennial Campus is 1,000 acres, but 200 of it is the golf course, and I don't have to fret with that. Yeah. Well, we could, maybe we could get you a consultancy. No, I got plenty to do. Oh, okay. Right, right. All right. Yeah, that would be very tedious. And Craig LaHoulier is with us, uh, author. Uh, and uh, uh, chemistry, doctorate in chemistry, and that did that help, Craig? Good morning to you, by the way. Did that help with your tomatoes, that doctorate? <laughs> good morning, everybody. Um, so what the doctorate does is it kind of gives me a scientific approach to gardening. So I'm looking, sitting here in my yard, looking at my 105 tomato plants, and I see a big lab- laboratory that I can run experiments on. So it kind of works. <laughs> So Rufus, Rufus's mouth is full right now. I'll wait for him to finish his nap. But uh, he he uh, told us earlier in the show that he has a blight, but Gerald mentioned off the air that possibly it could be nematodes. Uh, so I, I don't well, know. Well, I, I run across that more with people that plant in the same you know, same ground time after time after time. And if it's not southern bacterial blight, but it's something you continue to see, that seems to be sometimes more of a problem than we used to think about years ago. Yeah, you know, when I when I gardened in Raleigh in the ground, my big issues were fusarium wilt, which makes the plant look wilty, but the leaves turn yellow. And then the typical pain in the neck, which is either septoria or early blight, which makes the foliage go brown, either brown speckled or brown and yellow starting down in the plant, but it doesn't really cause the plant to wilt. Um, so tomato diseases are so, so tricky. Nematodes, the, the answer would be to dig up the plant and look for little nodules on the roots, and those tiny, tiny worms are creating an issue for water penetrating the roots and getting up into the plant. Yeah, and that can, can certainly happen. But uh, at any rate, you don't have either of those problems there in uh, the mountains of North Carolina, do you, Craig? Well, since I'm growing everything in containers and straw bales this year, I get to start with either pristine fresh dirt or fresh straw bales. So my big issues are early blight and septoria. Everybody gets it, but it can be controlled just by removing that ugly lower foliage. The big issue we have here is late blight, which can come in in August, and it blows in as spores from other gardens. And it took down my garden, oh, April 25th, I was looking at my 133 plants and smiling, and by September 1st, they were all gone because late blight blew in and ravaged them all. So I guess the thing is, guys, it's always something with tomatoes, which makes it, you know, it's a challenge. Everybody loves it, but it doesn't always make people happy throughout the entire year very very true uh certainly uh tomatoes uh, a big topic this hour i did have two folks hang over i'm not sure if they have tomato questions craig but we'll uh we'll ask frank in raleigh frank sure. uh how can we help you sir well i leave the gardening to my wife mike 
And my favorite part of your show, we've been listening for years, my favorite part of the show is the montage that's usually at the beginning of all the WPTF greats. And you just played it again at the top of the hour. So you must have been reading my mind. Yeah, I, I use that now. I originally created that, and I, I have put it together over the years. I originally put it together for a uh, introduction to our 65th anniversary show mm-hmm. that uh, I was part of. Uh, that was on every Sunday night that we recorded with uh, a lot of folks who were still around then, WPTF veterans, including engineers, all aspects of that. So that's that's where it started, and I found a way to keep it going by including it in in you know one hour of the Weekend Gardener. It brings back so many memories of uh, WPTF over the years. I think I know which Frank this is. Urban. Frank, I, I just, I just, I caught your voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, gosh, well, thank you. I'm so glad to uh, to get to talk to you again, Frank. Yeah, likewise, Mike. Take care. How's how's your brother Mike, who has the greatest voice in the world? He really does. He's yeah. doing wonderful. He was just here for dinner last night, and uh, he's doing quite well. Does he do the Bojangles commercials? Yes, I thought so. Did he yeah. bring Bojangles? <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, okay. Well, no, you tell him to, tell him to bring Bojangles next time. We we stopped at a Bojangles in Asheboro a few months ago, and I said, "Mike, why don't you why don't you uh, order in your Bojangles voice?" Right. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a free one. We did. Doggone it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Frank, uh, uh, please uh, send our best to Mike, and and uh, always nice talking to you, my friend. Likewise. And uh, thanks for your service to uh, this country for all those years. Well, thank you very much. All right. Take care, Frank. Bye-bye. Bye. It's a great picture of Frank Irvin uh, shaking hands with uh, President Reagan and other presidents. He mm-hmm. he served presidents and, and uh, did a lot of things. He was in Washington for a long time. And his voice, Mike Irvin, you hear all over the place. He, right. uh, he, he is a national uh, type uh, voiceover guy. Did you say urban like Senator Urban, Irvin? urban, like oh, urban, urban center, yes. Yeah. Okay, Don is in Clayton. Don, how are you? How can we help you, my friend? Don? Uh, yes, I uh, enjoy your show. Thank you. Uh, um, I've got a, a Carolina Beauty crepe myrtle, uh-huh. and I've never done performed crepe myrtle on it. Is that red? And, yes, it is. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. And for the last couple of weeks, it's been prettier than it's ever been. It is full of blooms. And with all this rain, it has gotten so heavy that that 30-foot tree, the limbs are touching the ground all around. A couple of them in the center have broken off. So the, you know, a lot of the limbs are not that big. So, But I'm afraid uh, they're going to end up breaking. Is there anything I need to do in the off-season to prevent this from happening before I, you know, I'll just lose too many branches? I guess yeah. just prune the, the- the smallest ones, but you, right now you can probably prune those panicles off. Yeah. That's what's uh, soaking up the water in it, Gerald. Yeah. And this may sound crazy, uh, but sometimes the day of, as soon as it gets through raining, getting the blower out and trying to get some of that water out of the blooms, whether right. you, you may blow the blooms off too, but that yeah. they're like a sponge. They hold so much water. I have seen people take two befores and stuff and just go out and prop some of the limbs as they started to bend just to take mm-hmm. the weight off of them until the bloom started to go and they would raise themselves back up on their own. 
Uh, but, you know, it's the unfortunate of one just being in tremendous bloom that when we get a rain, it's, that's going to really add. The bloom's at us a, a fair amount of weight, but it's just magnified by 20 when it rains and they soak up all that water. Craig, do they uh, grow crepe myrtles up your way? You know, not we do see them, but not nearly as many as I saw back. And, well, we vacationed in Newburn once, and they were just incredible there, mm-hmm. lining all of the streets. And then we had some nice ones in Raleigh. Um, I've always, I love them, and I've found them to be Japanese beetle magnets. Yes, they are. This year we're finding lots of things to be Japanese beetle magnets. <laughs> so, um, but the real dark crimson red ones and some of the unusual bicolors, kind of whites with some rose. Yeah. Just, they can be so beautiful. I know. I love them. They I, are a staple. I don't ever recall, Craig, seeing one in my hometown of Boone. Uh, I, I just don't think they can winter through. Yeah, it's tough on them certainly don does that thank you does that thank you very much for uh calling us from from clayton yes sir thank you all righty uh craig lahulier is with us and uh craig have you uh come up with any new varieties lately discovered any or developed any well gerald's been working on some i would love to be able to report on it but i am sitting in this unusual position of having Healthy, healthy plants loaded with green fruit. Today is day 70 since I planted them, and I have yet to harvest a ripe tomato. So this, you know, I remember the Carly Simon song, Anticipation, with yeah. <laughs> commercial. We are deep into severe anticipation right now for tomatoes. And uh, amongst those are 18 new hybrids that I created, an awful lot of new dwarf tomato project stuff we're playing around with. So um, I... Of my 100 plants, 50 of them, I have no idea what color they're going to end up or what flavor they're going to be. So that's my kind of garden where I've got lots of mysteries to solve each season. Gerald, are you in the same boat? Uh, no, I've been harvesting pretty good for a couple of weeks now. Uh, I have, I'm going to send you a couple of pictures, Craig, because I'm pretty sure okay. these few plants I got from Ralph were seeds you sent him. Uh, I've yep. got this Ferris wheel by, is it Stripe Sweetheart? Yeah, I think I, I've I've got some pictures of that fruit uh, from from this past week, the first ripe ones that came off, uh, and I've got another. I can't remember. I don't have fruit yet ripe off another one. It's uh, something blue. Uh, oh, uh, blues bling. Probably. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's a cross with that. That's got some fruit that looks like they're almost ready to turn this week will happen how I is think, the flavor how is the flavor on the ferris wheel hybrid i ain't put uh, it uh, i ain't uh, put it to the knife yet that's probably going to be tomorrow or or monday uh, we'll get you some fresh bread before you do that yeah you know so uh, but there's no stripes in it <laughs> i mean it's uh, uh, no there, there there actually shouldn't be because yeah. it's a hybrid it's going to show all of the dominant traits and the stripes are, are recessive now if you save seeds from that You'll get all kinds of things. Okay. Uh, so all right. There, there's your project. Okay. I got one, you. So one, one interesting observation from this year is our temperatures have ranged, and don't get jealous, folks, lows in the morning of 58 to 60, afternoon highs of 80 to 82. Hmm. So this has led to incredible uh, fruit set because I'm not getting the 90-degree days of humidity yeah. that causes blossoms to drop off. So um, hence the anxiety about what's about to harvest out there. 
Well, it's uh, yeah, we're we're envious for a lot of reasons. Craig LaHoulier is with us, uh, the author of Epic Tomatoes and Growing Vegetables and Straw Bales, and uh, he's thinking about another book. Don't think long and hard. Let's we we'll talk more about that and tomato questions come up. I'm sure uh, 919-860-9783. It's 1023. More coming up on The Weekend Gardener. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. 1026. Mike Rayleigh here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston. Gerald Adams is with us, and Craig LaHoulier is also here. On the WPTF Weekend Gardener, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Uh, Craig, of course, uh, famous for Epic Tomatoes. That book still selling well, Craig? Yes, it um, seems to be doing pretty well. It, it kind of is in a straight line type of a situation, and I think I was really, really lucky to be asked to write a book that's a pretty foundational topic with gardening. But I, most of that was written in 2012, 13, 14, and it's 2021. So my, my wish would be a story publishing would say, you know, Craig, it's, I know you've learned a lot in the last seven or eight years. It's time to do an update of that. So right. Yeah. I mean, you could talk about a lot of different varieties. Uh, what else would you update it to say besides the I new varieties? To, I would love to visit some people who are doing hydroponic growing, greenhouse growing, um, more vertical types of creative growing, some different types of staking. I'd like to expand the straw bale gardening section because that uh, has really become my favorite way of growing now, where in a container I was getting maybe 15 or 20 pounds of tomatoes plant. Here in the straw bales I'm getting 30 to 35. So it just really, really works well. Um, so those are just few of the things, new varieties I've discovered, a lot more about tomato breeding. Um, you know, and a lot I've learned a lot about diseases and critters and things like that over the years that are important to incorporate. So, you know, but that you make an important point. i got to get book three out there, and the course yeah. that I've been doing with Joe Lample has really, um, it's been wonderful, but it sucked up a lot of my time this spring and summer. So that book will be my fall project, and... Uh, you know, I always need a project of some sort. So sure. You can hold me to the fire, folks. All right. And, it. of course, Epic Tomatoes and Growing Vegetables and Straw Barrels. And, uh, Gerald, you were growing vegetables and straw bales, I know, back in 2011 when we went to the governor's yeah, mansion. Yeah, I, I, I started originally, I got into it, the, uh, what's the deputy sheriff up in uh, Wake Forest, Craig? My buddy Kent Rogers. Yeah, Kent, man. Kent, Kent Rogers was the first person that I was aware of doing it, and I had had some disease issues there at the governor's mansion, and I thought, well, let's see, you reduce, you're not using soil as a host, so maybe it'll be more disease-free. So that's what got me started with it, and then people on our tours just had a fit over it, and then so I, I originally just wanted to grow tomatoes in it, but then there are other things you can grow as well, and a lot of benefits to it, so I kind of incorporated into our about 25 raised bed garden uh, that we had there, and then other people would see it. And I have a lot of friends now that that's the primary way that they grow because the soil that they were growing in had been contaminated. And as you say, you're starting with fresh straw and no disease each year. 
Uh, and, and yes, it is is definitely a winner. I got uh, two tomato questions for you, Craig. Yeah. A couple I've yeah. grown this year for the first time. We tang shebang. Have right, we got about twenty seconds before news. Have you ever grown that one before? Nope, that, that's a new one on me. I've ta- heard of that one. You, right. I'll talk to you about it in a minute. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk right. about that. We'll talk to Dave and Bahama, just north of Durham, coming up on the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF. Rufus's birthday uh, is uh, the whole month of July, actually, but it's it's on Monday. So you're going to celebrate your birthday. You still could be on top of a mountain on Monday. Yeah, absolutely, in bloom up there where where Craig is enjoying the weather. Yeah, <clears throat> and then you you guys can suffer down here, <laughs> and Craig and I will ba- bathe in seventy degree weather and have a wonderful breathing time. Yeah. Well, happy birthday to you, Rufus, all month. All month long, he'll be uh, 63 years old, and uh, happy about that. He can get Social Security now. Greg, you know, he, you, you know he is fibbing about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, not much, not much. Uh, I want to uh, mention that you have a grandson named Henry. Henry. was always astounded to hear you My on the radio. Now he's got used to hearing me uh, either on uh, the phone or FaceTime or particularly the radio, and he before is where he wanted to know where I was at. I'm sure. Uh, he thought you were sneaking up on him. Uh, but now he's gotten a little better accustomed to that. So yeah. that's good. I met Luther Barbie, who was uh, my my father's accountant at, at work at Rayleigh Chevrolet Buick. Uh, had uh, He used to fool me. He'd tell me that he had hog bears <laughs> in his desk. <laughs> Scared me to death. Had hog bears in his desk. So yeah, that so Henry's got the same same deal. He can't figure out where uh Pop, Grandpa, whatever you're called is. <laughs> G so, G Daddy. And you got a website uh, and that is Gerald and Henry's Plants dot com. All right. And Craig, you have a website. Yeah, just CraigLahulio dot com and uh inst- I'm really active on Instagram at uh at N C Tomato Man there and I've been taking people on uh, walks through my garden with videos or I go live for 45 minutes once a week and talk about the good and the bad and the ugly and take lots of questions. So I try to make myself really accessible to people to answer questions that they have. Do you have any in-person lectures coming up? Um, You know, I've quit the road. So I do have 
Zooms. I'm speaking at the Nantucket Garden Festival next week and at the Seed Savers Exchange camp out, but from the comfort of my office. So uh, that's great. COVID, that... COVID convinced me that I don't enjoy airplanes, hotels, or any of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I've reached this point in life where I can be retired out here in Hendersonville and reach people all over the world um, using my computer. So that's the direction I've chosen to take. A couple of more things I, I need to mention. Uh, I gave Rufus a book this morning that mm-hmm. uh, a lady gave me a copy of the book. It, uh, and it, John Harris started this show in 1945, and he wrote a book. I have never heard anybody mention it before. He wrote a book with uh, Gordon Halfacre, who was a big-time horticulturist at Clemson University. And mm-hmm. uh, Keep Them Growing is the name of the book. And it was written in 1972. I uh, never heard John mention it. But I, uh, a lady, a nice lady gave me a copy of it. Her, It was a copy her mother had. And I was astounded to get this book. And I uh, have found a few more copies here and there. I found one at Abe's Books in New York. But uh, Keep Them Growing by John H. Harris. So I gave, and it's autographed. The cop, most of the copies I found were autographed by John. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, I gave Rufus one this morning for his That's birthday. A beautiful one. That's a pretty cool book, isn't it, Rufus? Oh, it's great. <clears throat> it's great. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. And so it's kind of a general uh, book I, I i assume that it was a textbook back in the day although it's not a real big book uh but i, I wanted to mention that and uh, also uh craig did you ever eat at the roast grill eat hot dogs at the roast grill in downtown no, raleigh did not yeah it's it's a old hangout for governors and, and everybody it's a real you can fit about 10 people in there and uh george uh, uh, George's grandmother and grandfather started this place back in the 40s, and they've opened back up after all of this COVID stuff. And uh, so I, I wanted to mention that the, the Roast Grill is open again. Hallelujah. So, yeah, I mean, I, everybody in this room loves yeah, the place. Yeah. And, and Sweet Melissa, and I, Rufus couldn't go today. I was going to take Rufus for his birthday, but he's heading back uh, to the hills. He's heading for the hills, literally. <laughs> so uh, Sweet Melissa and I are going. Craig, I'm sorry you're not in the area. I'd take you. To get a it's the best hot dog in the area. I mean, there's some great hot dogs oh, in this I, area. I would take you up on that in a second. Yeah, you know, Clues and Snoopies have great ones too. But to eat, but we're we're missing great Middle Eastern food. We miss Sassoul. I guess Niamande is another outpost of. Oh it. yeah, 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 yeah. We miss it so much because there is no equivalent to Sassoul, and there is no there's no equivalent to great Indian food. Right. Um, so. There are some things that we, well, there's lots of things we miss about Raleigh. You know, you guys, of course, and our friends there. But um, we're making we're making a go pretty much here. One, You know, you mentioned gardening books, and it was Jim Crockett. I don't know if anyone used to watch Crockett's Victory Garden on, on PBS. They yes. were the books that got me into gardening, and they were also um, from the 70s. Those old gardening books are priceless. Yeah, that was some great. So we've had uh, several of those guys on from the Victory Garden over the years, and mm. uh, that was uh, on this show. We, It's a real real honor, as it is, to have you on. Now, you and Gerald were talking about some 
tomato varieties before so, we went to so, break. So, I, Craig, I grew. I'm not sure where I got the seed. The, the name Wee Tang Shebang intrigued me. It's a cherry tomato. <laughs> Turns out it looks a lot like sun gold. Some of the fruit are not as round or a smidgen more oval. The clusters are maybe not quite as large, and the plant is not as big, but the taste is pretty close. Oh, uh, good, so I'm going I'm gonna send you some of those seed for you to see what you think on it. But in my long going open pollinated what is close to sun gold, this is the closest I've ever found mm. uh well, to it thus remind far. Me, remind me to Gerald to send you one that I call fruity and it was bred by a fellow named Tim Peters in the sixties out in Oregon and it is close to sun gold. So we'll do a little seed exchange and see if we can challenge. Uh, this is also an OP. Because we oh, hate okay. buying seed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why should you have to buy seeds with yep. your skills? Well, let me be a taste. What other mystery you got? Uh, I grew a Barry's Crazy Cherry for the first time this year. I, I like it. Uh-huh. it the, the clusters of fruit, you know, sometimes 40 fruit to a cluster. It's an off-white yeah. cherry. I, I was, it was acceptable. Maybe not the best one I've ever had, but better than a lot of cherries I've had. Uh, and I'm getting ready to cut. I brought into the show today. It's called Bigly. It's a yellow-orange beefsteak tomato, and I have not tasted it yet, so I'm going to turn it loose on somebody here today and see what – it looks beautiful, but, you know, looks can be deceiving in tomatoes. Uh, so, oh, gosh, you can never tell a book by its that's when it comes right. to That's, that's right. <laughs> All right, let's go to Dave in Bahama. Dave, thanks so much for your patience. How can we help you? Well, uh, first of all, you need to bring me a hot dog when you get <laughs> Oh, my gosh. They, you know, we burn, they, George burns them up. The, the blacker, the better. Oh, so hungry. Wait yeah. listen. I'm about to die. Homemade chili? Ugh. Uh, yeah. Lord have mercy. Well, uh, I don't have a tomato question. I've got about... 15 feet uh, next to my driveway, and I wanted to put some kind of barrier up. I was thinking of trees, maybe a shrub. I'd like to, for it to be maybe North Carolina native if possible, and something that's growing at a pretty reasonable rate, not anything that's super slow growing. I, mean, I just can't stand to put a Leland Cypress there. No, I would not recommend that. They have too many problems. You just want one tree? Uh, I'll probably end up, depending on the space, and I'd probably need uh, more than one, probably four or five, I would guess. Now, if How you were, tall would yeah. you about, like for About 50 feet long is the trip. How tall would you like for it to get to eventually? Uh, I am game for anything between five feet and 50 feet, really. Okay. Mm. Is it a pretty sunny area? It gets sun probably... 99% of the day. I think early in the morning for about the first hour the sun's up, it doesn't get and, and 10 foot wide, did you say, is your space? Uh, I've got about 15 feet of width and okay. about 50 feet of length. Or something. Okay. Well, if you went uh, up there with Craig, you could grow some Colorado spruce and, <laughs> and a few other things. Uh, and I would certainly recommend mountain uh, laurels. But uh, Yeah, I would certainly recommend a mix of trees or trees tall shrubs wax myrtles will work um i'm partial to fragrant osmanthus uh, that's my favorite my, myself very reliable and you get the benefit of the 
of the fragrance from those. Uh, and I suspect mine, too, are close to okay. 35 feet tall and about, yeah. about four or five feet wide. None, none of these are going to grow as fast as a Leland Cypress. Uh, Chindo viburnums do grow pretty pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Is is another which which has a slender leaf, which some people at a distance mistake the leaf for a magnolia. That type of leathery leaf to it. But, okay, uh, but they are a fast growing evergreen shrub that you can let. They you, uh, you can maintain them at a nice uniform, or you can just let them go. The Nellie R. Stevens holly is uh, going to get huge, but it will. It is very reliable and will grow very tall and wide. Uh, now, most of those would be ever, were not evergreen, but they would. Uh, all those are evergreen. All of them are all evergreen. All those we've I, said so far are evergreen. Yeah, and I think that's what you want. Of course, uh, magnolias will will do that. I know uh, Carolina and State have both used magnolias. Uh, and there Some are parts of the, the table don't like them. There but. are the more compact, you know, teddy bear and the varieties like that yeah. that don't get as wide right. and don't get as tall, but they are not particularly fast growers. Right. Is the only negative. Right, and I have a, I have a magnolia in there, and it's been there 15 years. Right, and you can see I it's, think it's just now hit 10 feet. So. Greg, do you have any preferences for, for trees like no, that, evergreens? I like everything that grows. I think the evergreen aspect, I know we've got a really nice line of a, a white-blooming japonica. I'm not sure exactly what species. Oh, yeah, camellias. Really? Camellias, uh, some of the varieties will get really big. Yeah, yeah. Great great addition, yeah. I would I would highly recommend uh, camellias. And the sasankal ones, generally speaking, are going to be the taller-growing ones. Does that help, Dave? Okay. That's a huge help. That's much better than what the internet will tell them. All right, well, go go to a good garden center near you and and uh, ask them for some of those plants and, and their stick, recommendations. And stick a blue cedar in there as well. Hey, yeah, that'd be great. That is a pretty All right, good. sounds good. Thank All right, you. more of the weekend gardener straight ahead. It's ten forty nine. You're listening to one of the longest running radio shows in the country, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Ten fifty-two, boy, we're running out of time. We got all these calls. Uh, D is in Chapel Hill. D, good morning. Morning. Two quick questions. When I lived in Cary, I could find your gardening magazine. I can't in Chapel Hill, and I can't visualize how you could grow anything in a bale of hay. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, Craig and Gerald, tell her how to do that. Well, do they have a website that? Yes, that they got websites, and and uh, so, Craig, Craig yeah. actually has a, a book. Craig, tell her about the book. Uh, it's called Growing Vegetables and Strawberries, and uh, but if you can't find that, or you just want to get a sense of the technique, you can hey. email me at nctomatoman at gmail dot com. I wrote an article about strawberry gardening for the Gardener Supply Company, and it's out there in the web. And I can uh, send you the link, or you can just look up Craig Lahulier Gardener Supply Strawberries, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Um, and yeah. you know, use me as a resource, use Gerald as a resource, and ask. And uh, it's a lot of fun. You'd, I think you'd really enjoy it. Gerald, um, it's nctomatoman.com. At gmail.com. Oh, That's my gmail. Email. Okay. Uh, how do you, I, I'm, I was thinking I could Google it. How do you, I can't spell your last name. What is, how do you spell oh. it? 
Yeah, it, it's L E H O U L L I E R. Okay, I, I thought it was French, um, but and that's probably oui. why I couldn't spell it. Yeah. What is it? C'est français. Oui, oui. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, second question: um, Is there any natural way? Now I've bought the bags. I got two. And this is my first year being attacked by Japanese beetles. Are there any herbs, any trees, any plants, anything that I can put around? First time I bought the um, a hibiscus, and they've just about ruined my beautiful hibiscus plant. Um, is there anything natural to get rid of them? Well, don't try that bag business. You'll lose all your neighbors. <laughs> what did he say? I say don't try that bagging them. You'll you just attract them from all your neighbors. Right. Oh. Unless you put it at the corner of your property close to your neighbor. <laughs> no, just put it in your neighbor's yard, the one up so, the street. So I'm collecting them for everybody else. Yeah, that's, correct. that's right. Is there something else to I could put around the hibiscus? That's what they seem to love. I, I've not had any luck no. with, with that. You haven't. Uh, I, I have ended up using insecticides before. Mm-hmm. My friend now has a salt shooter. He has his daughter gave him a gun that looks kind of like a big water gun, like you see kids playing with. It shoots yeah. a little pinch of salt out of it, <laughs> and it hits flies and knocks them right down. And that's all she wrote. Well, I've had, awesome. uh, on my hibiscus, <laughs> I I hate to confess this, but I have sprayed them with seven, and that that keeps them keeps the. That was the the, the old fashioned way of yeah. uh, of of doing that. But, I uh, went to Southern States and they told me that a couple of weeks ago but it's yeah. not keeping them away They're yeah it's, it's uh and it also is not really good for for uh, pollinators like these exactly thank you people yeah thank you very much d take care bye-bye bye you know heat is hard on your car as it is on you and your battery can get really weak the heat will speed up that failure and uh so you need to get that checked out at king's auto service and, and hey your ac is working even harder in the hot weather And if it's not keeping you cool, then you need to bring your car to King's for a summer checkup. During the checkup, technicians at King's, in addition to your AC, will evaluate the engine cooling system, which includes hoses, belts, and, yes, even tires. For those of you driving a hybrid vehicle, they have certified hybrid technicians at King's. They're ready to diagnose and give you available options for high-voltage battery pack replacements for less than the dealer will charge for a replacement. Now, this usually occurs maybe around 150,000 miles, but they could go a lot longer or shorter than that. Call Kings today. Call them on Monday. It'd be better. And, and schedule a courtesy battery analysis. Kings Auto Service and Kings Correct Lube, easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net. Kings Automotive Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. Let's go to Gordon in Raleigh. Gordon, uh, we don't have much time, uh, so you can move quickly, please. Okay, thanks so much. Uh, just wondering if anybody knew what causes uh, the insides of tomatoes uh, to get real white and pulpy and almost make them, uh, well, it's not edible, really, and you can't sell from the outside. So even at the farmer's market sometimes we bought them, and they look great, but then when you cut them open, there's a lot of white. Inside. All right, uh, Craig, Gerald. Um, my view is it it's the 
weather that that variety has experienced while it was ripening, either it, it experienced something it didn't like, either a temperature out of whack or moisture out of whack, but I, I've experienced it. I've rarely experienced it in my own garden, but I've often experienced it in tomatoes I've purchased. Uh, Gerald, you got thoughts it, on that? It's the same thing. I, I think it comes some. I think it's more likely from too much water. Uh, yep. s- sometimes is what leads to it, mm-hmm. and uh, you can't. The outside looks perfect, and you cut it open. I, you know, I can. A day like yesterday, or where day before, where we had three inches of rain here at one time, I don't think it's a one event phenomenon that causes. I just think it's people keeping them too wet, and sometimes maybe where somebody's growing them on a farm. Uh, where they've got yeah. drip or whatever kind of irrigation, that's what's and they're trying to push the production because they're looking to sell them. I just think that's a byproduct of it, and and rapid temperature change could maybe too, but I really think it's more water related. Yeah, and I and I have found it happens a lot with some of the big red hybrids like yeah. the Mountain yeah. Series yeah. and even German Johnsons, where they yeah. look beautiful from the outside. Right. It's so disappointing when you cut them open. Gordon, thank you very much. We got to go. Uh, Craig, thank you so much, my friend, and uh, Epic Tomatoes, and your uh, email address again? nctomatoman at gmail.com. Anytime, folks, and have a wonderful rest of the summer. You too. Gerald, your email? Gerald and Henry's Plants.com, and it's Gerald and Henry's Plants at Gmail.